in this politically charged environment, it's good to see that there are people making a difference in communities that are not political. In Kansas City Magazine, in their edition this month, highlighted 11 people that are making a difference in Kansas City. And I'm very much happy to read this list, especially given the fact that when I previewed it, there are no politicians whatsoever. These are business people that truly care about the community and really want to make a difference. I'm going to profile them for you on this edition here of the, of the New Directions podcast. We will start doing that on the other side of this break. My sister-in-law, Cassie, is one of the busiest people that I've ever known. I mentioned that she had written two books, one called This is 2020, the other Their Footsteps, both of which are poetry books. She has now written the third, which is called This is 2020, Part 2. To close out, I guess, the rest of what was a very, and I'll be nice and say unique, year. She has a talent that is very, very good, and she has every right to be proud of her accomplishments. She's going to be in this area this coming Saturday, and I hope a lot of you have the opportunity to stop in and say hi. Details about this gathering will be found again at her website, CassieJRunyon.com. But I'd like to encourage you to buy all three of the books that she now has. She's put a lot of work into those, and I'm sure she'll be very, very glad that people will do just that. For, so for those of you that listen to this broadcast, I encourage you to at least consider, at most very definitely buy, at least one, if not all three of her books. Again, they're called This Is, uh, this is 2020 and This Is 2020 Part 2, along with their footsteps. They're all available at CassieJRunyon.com. Check them out, and I know you'll be glad that you did. In my opinion, In Kansas City Magazine is one of the most underrated magazines in this area because it covers areas of the city that no one else will. And it covers the Kansas Cityans that no one else would have ever heard about were it not for this publication. With that in mind, here's a list of 11 people making a difference. Kind of a, this is the opening to that article though. The Kansas City Metro has tens of thousands of fascinating citizens within its population of 2.34 million. Talented, passionate people are drawn here, or remain in this vibrant 15-city region. For the arts, sports, music scene, and its, gener and its generosity, both in spirit and philanthropy. Distilling those numbers to highlight just nine individuals and one couple was quite the editorial trick. Some made the list based on career excellence, 
a few for how they definitely pivoted during the pandemic to serve the needs of others. And like true creatives, two of our profiles could have starred in more than one category. Bridging charity and music, art and fashion, and technology. And incidentally, one of the people that are on this list, I profiled on this very podcast about a year, about a year and a half ago, I think. Savvy readers of In Kansas City Magazine will recognize a few names. Those who have thrilled us with runaway shows, building designs, a smoky cocktail, or colorful mural over the past few years. But we guarantee you'll discover some new faces, including a hip-hop artist who had to pause an interview to speak with folks representing Billie Eilish and Leonardo DiCaprio. And so with great pride, we introduce you to the inaugural People Making a Difference in Kansas City. Technology, A.Y. Young is his name. Making a Difference is in in A.Y. Young's DNA. Growing up in Kansas City's Ivanhoe neighborhood, he'd witnessed then-Mayor Emanuel Cleaver or business owner James B. Nutter meeting with his parents, Alan and Yolanda Young. Since moving into this shirtwaist-style house in 1987, the couple had been instrumental in clearing out crime and illegal dumping while raising four children. The Ivanhoe Neighborhood Council, where Alan still serves as housing director, is an example of what grassroots commitment can do to an area. Today, the young family farm raises produce to help nurture the body. Prayer vigils take care of the soul. A.Y. still helps plant trees and takes down fences in the neighborhood. That is, when he's not on a call with Billie Eilish's tour manager or texting environmental leader Paul Hawkins who nominated him to be one of 17 of the United Nations Young Leaders for Sustainable Developmental Goals, the only one representing the United States. How did A.Y. go from performing music on the streets of the Country Club Plaza to performing at President Biden's inauguration and appearing on a poster with Jane Goodall for Real Leaders Magazine's 70 Environmental Leaders? You should know. Power, that's how. A sustainable solar-powered battery used to fire up the three, the 800 and counting concerts he's performed around the world. The battery tour started in 2012 when the young artist wanted to plug in his keyboard, speakers, and microphone to bring his music to the streets. Thanks to funding and grants from Arts KC, the Kaufman Fast Track, and the Charlotte Street Foundation, AY developed an energy box about the size of a suitcase that stores solar energy in batteries. The device... Where am I? Okay. The device has been distributed in over 17 countries, including Haiti and Honduras, where villagers can power up laptops and cell phones without walking miles to charging stations. That renewable energy is matched by AY's personal life force that's a joyful, passionate, driven, and compelling. That's joyful, passionate, driven, and compelling. People have a hard time saying no to him, including corporate leaders at T-Mobile, Amazon, Sony Pictures, and others. These Fortune 500 companies, along with influential world leaders and big names in the music industry, are getting involved with AY's massive initiative, Project 17. 
The project's first step is an album of 17 songs, each representing the UN Sustainable Development Goals, including quality education, gender equality, and climate action. AY is reaching out to other artists to choose an initiative that speaks to them. I'm excited that Tech 9 is officially on board for Track 1, No Poverty, he says. We're also working closely with Global Citizen, Drake, Coldplay, and others. AY will also launch a kid's album to reimagine the 17 SDG songs by some of the best family artists in the world, with Grammy-winning <clears throat> artist Red Grammar at the forefront, he says. AY has a saying, everyone is an outlet for change. Talking to him, there's little doubt that he'll reach that goal. The couple on our survey from sports, Angie and Chris Long. Walking through the stands at Legends Field during the Kansas City National Women's Soccer League home opener, Angie and Chris Long must have felt like rock stars. Wearing the team's teal and red colors, it took a long time to make their way up the stairs as fans wanted to shake their hands, introduce them to soccer-loving kids, and get a selfie with the franchise owners. Chris recalls that May 26th evening. We've just been thrilled by how this community has embraced the team, he says. As for seeing the town turn teal to celebrate the inaugural season, from the lights at Union Station to fountains taking on a blue hue, Angie said she got goosebumps. <clears throat> but for this couple, founders of Palmer Square, a $15 billion asset management firm, the rock star status stops there. While they join other local business leaders who have either kept or brought sports teams to Kansas City, including Ewing Kaufman, the Glass family, and John Sherman, Angie and Chris brush off the comparisons. But they do see a correlation between a successful business and a sports team. With the company, you have to put the client first, Angie says. And with the team, it's the players and fans first. It's up to us, along with our partner, Brittany Matthews, and the and the coaches to pull out, put out the best product possible. That means giving our fans an exciting, family-friendly experience every time, while coordinating outreach programs to introduce these fantastic players to the community. The couple sees their role as a chance to foster interest in not just the NWSL, but in girls' and women's sports in general. Sports has played a big part in their lives. They both excelled in in team sports in high school and while at Princeton. That competitive spirit has filtered down to their four children. As a family, they participated in a 5K for Brain Injury Association, and Chris's Twitter account notes he's on track to be the le least impressive athlete in the Long household. The fact that they've set up that household in Kansas City, when they had the resources to live anywhere in the world, was an easy choice. Angie grew up in Kansas City, attending Shiny Mission East High School, maybe Dad knew her, and can't imagine a better place to raise a family. The schools, the neighborhoods, the arts, you can have it all here, says Chris. Add one more element to that mix, a community with a nationally recognized enthusiasm for sports, which now includes the young Kansas City NWSL team. From political activism, and is there such a thing? I guess there is. In Dan Danielle Le Lehman's eyes, at least, see a need, fill a need. 
It's the motto of most successful entrepreneurs, but Danielle Lehman laughs at hearing the title used in her case. I think of an entrepreneur as someone who makes money. Most of my work has been projects that fix an immediate problem. I'm just happy to help even though I don't make a dime. Her revenue stream comes from Boxer and Mutt, her web development and branding company. Her first Follow the Need program was Curbside KC, an online database of restaurants offering takeout food and delivery when the pandemic closed their doors. I'd come to know and love these chefs and owners through my Open Belly, through my open belly podcast, and my heart was just breaking for them and their staffs. Within days, Danielle had incorporated hundreds of restaurants to the database, then began adding breweries, wineries, distilleries, and liquor stores that offered curbside pickup as well. Danielle also handled pro bono marketing for a fundraising initiative developed by Anna Petro to help stranded service workers. The sales of KC Runs runs on hospitality tees, sweatshirts, and totes designed by Frank Norton along with community partner donations helped raise more than $68,000. The pandemic and social unrest also brought another problem to light the ability to have mail-in voting ballots notarized. In August 2020, she launched Curbside Notary, a free The Notary Is In pop-up situated outside local restaurants and coffee shops. The benefit was twofold. Voters felt safe getting ballots notarized and the eateries enjoyed increased sales. I couldn't have made it happen without the help of local companies like, like Huffed, Danielle says. One of the architects there, Brad Kingsley, saw what I was doing on social media and contacted me offering to help. Huff fabricated movable A-frame structures for her volunteer notaries. Danielle hosted three seasons of Open Belly Podcasts, which were on hiatus during the pandemic when traveling was out of the question. One of the last podcasts features Jackie... Nagayan of Cafe de Fay, Kansas City's first mobile Vietnamese coffee shop. I'm watching her cult following take off, says Danielle. As a host, Danielle's passion for the food and her natural storytelling talent come through. Alyssa Broadus and Chris Dolt provide beautiful photography. At a time when restaurants, bars, and coffee shops are just getting back on their culinary feet, chances are Danielle will be there to help fill the need and fill the seats. We go to arts with Jason Harrington. Riff Raff Giraffe, Jason Harrington's street street artist handle, has a goal to turn Kansas City into a mural art mecca. Take a stroll around the Crossroads Art District and you might say he's already made it. There's rarely a wall not adorned by eye-popping images. At its heart is Art Alley, between 17th and 18th Streets near Locust and Cherry, the central location for Solenois, I guess, a series of events Jason organized with his wife, artist Amy Ayers Harrington, and artist Mark Allen to coincide with the 2017 solar eclipse. But things only heated up after that for Jason. He invited Matt Abbott, a Crossroads developer, to the mural-rich Wynwood Art District in Miami 
and convinced the visionary to let him paint 20 of his buildings back home. Murals offer several benefits to building owners, Jason says. One is that where murals go up, there's less destructive tagging. And the art naturally draws people into the neighborhood. Stores, bars, and restaurants get more traffic. Based on the success of Solenois, that same year Jason organized, organized Spray Samo, an annual graffiti arts festival, which continued with an ever-expanding array of adorned walls around the district. Viewers, excuse me, viewers came to watch and engage with the artists and took selfies in front of their favorite displays. Despite the pandemic, the 2020 festival had 28 painters creating 22 new murals in three days. We're on pace for an even more exciting 2021 fest, Jason says. It'll be held September 22nd through the 26th, and we're collecting walls right now and talking with artists. With last year being more restrained for crowds, I think the September event will be a big draw from around the country. In the meantime, Jason and Amy are traveling the world to create art and help launch similar festivals, including California Spray, C Spray CLA, taking place July 27th through 31st. Back home, he's excited to see that murals are a big part of Visit KC's new video showcasing the best of the metro. We have some of the country's best museums, Jason says. But street art is interactive approachable, and the fact it's often not permanent adds to its interest. The Spray Simo website has festival information and a map to make it easy to view, as many murals as possible. It also has a support the festival link to help pay for paints, provide accommodations for visiting artists, and rent walls that aren't being commissioned by building owners. We will begin the second part of these on this list of people making a difference with a gentleman making a name in architecture and interior design. We will pick up on this on the other side of this break.
making a difference in architecture and interior design. This is information about Matthew Huft. When Matthew Huff learned that the architectural firm that bears his name appears in two other sections of this article for fabricating the curbside notary kiosks and Birdie's storefront for West 18th Street fashion show, he wasn't surprised. That's one thing I love about this community, he said. We pull together. We help where needed. That spirit is at the forefront of two of his firm's massive projects with community builders of Kansas City the Rochester and the offices at Overlook. <clears throat> Both developments will serve Kansas City's Blue Parkway Corridor, starting with the Rochester, the, the first market-rate multifamily development east of Prospect Avenue. The 64-unit residential project is named for Rochester, Chuck, G Chuck Gaston, CBKC's founder. I never had the privilege of meeting him, says Matthew, but I do know about his passion for the area where he grew up, the east side. He spent his career literally building communities, and we're trying to honor his legacy by making this design warm and inviting. There will be lots of spaces for families to gather and kids to play. The apartments will feature exceptional finishes and amenities, including stainless steel appliances, and unit washers and dryers and a fitness center. The four-story structure is on target to be completed in 2022. Huff was also awarded the offices at Overlook Project by CBKC. This mixed-use 11-acre property will transform the corner of Swope Parkway and Chestnut Avenue. Plans include a three-story office building with private tenant roof terraces along with shared conference meeting spaces for companies and organizations within or nearby the structure. People living in the 155 apartment units will enjoy a walking trail and outdoor event plazas. Matthew describes the overall development as a village. Working on the design for offices at Outlook has been a real honor, Matthew says. Everyone on the project team uses the word transformative often and that's what it will be for this corridor. We're designing a site with great attention to landscaping and ways to enhance meaningful indoor and outdoor uses. This work is happening at the ideal time, according to Matthew, who founded his firm 16 years ago. During 2020, we knew we wanted to recommit ourselves even more to inclusive, community-based projects. We've made a pledge to do better, and we will. And now for the lady that... I did a feature about on a, fa on a former podcast, Michelle Bacon and Music. With Life Music returning with a vengeance this summer, to which I personally say hallelujah, Michelle Bacon finds herself juggling more than just drumsticks. She plays drums for Frog Pond and bass for older Americans, Katie Gian and The Drive, and the band that fell to earth. An annual benefit celebration of David Bowie's music she hopes will return next January at Record Bar. But when it comes to making a difference, Michelle would rather be known for her work as content manager for The Bridge, 90.9 FM, the listener-supported Kansas City-based National Public Radio affiliate. She finds her role to be a perfect fit. As a musician, it's been really important to highlight the many talented independent artists in the area, she says. 
Through my work here, I've been able to help amplify diverse voices and magnify issues in the overall industry, including gender disparities and mental health care. But Michelle doesn't just introduce these musicians to listeners. The bridge also gives her an outlet for writing and producing, focusing on issues that are sometimes universal, but often very personal. For instance, she produced a series in 2018 called Turning the Tables, which addressed issues of not just being a woman in a male-dominated industry, but also a woman of Asian ancestry. More recently, Michelle co-authored an article for Flatland that addressed hate crimes against Asian Americans and the, and the Pacific Islander communities. The piece provided an opportunity for nine Kansas City residents to express their feelings and their fears. As for Michelle, she is over her fear of performing on stage, something she never considered as a shy, introspective youngster. At the start of her music career, playing drums provided a barrier to the audience. They won't be looking at me at the back of the stage, she thought. But that, but that reticence is gone when she pulls a guitar strap over her head. Suddenly she's in constant motion, her long dark hair dancing, fingers flying over the strings. Is it a case of play like no one's watching? With a laugh she says, I get a huge rush from being able to connect with the crowd and my bandmates. And over the years, I've worked with a lot of songwriters I admire, and there's a sense of empowerment when I can help them carry out their creative vision to the audience. She mentioned the band that fell to Earth concert again, and the fact that, that it's so satisfying to perform songs that are precious to so many people, including me. There are songs that help you get through tough times, she says. When asked for one, there was a long pause before naming Give a Little Love by The Freedom Affair. That title alone could be Michelle's personal anthem. Healthcare, we, we turn to Nikki Lee Danawa. She's not a doctor nor a nurse, but Nikki Lee Danawa was definitely at the front lines of Kansas City's COVID-19 pandemic. And I feel sorry for you. But anyway, as Chief Community Relations Office officer rather for Truman Medical Centers and University Health, she and her team had to nimbly adjust their 2020-2021 health and wellness plans to handle the crisis. Making the situation even more drastic was the knowledge that the communities they serve were especially at risk. TMC's Community Health Strategies and Innovations, CHSNI team, began providing essential services within a month after the virus hit. They were the first in the community to offer drive-through testing and the first to set up vaccine clinics in those zip codes most devastated by the disease, opening 40 sites by May of 2021. An important element of our role during that time, as always, was to establish trust and accessibility, meeting individuals where they are, says Nikki. That accessibility refers to educational materials as well. CHS and I, tailored the materials to a fifth grade reading level or below and utilized images in multiple languages to address minority community members. <clears throat> Her team's combination of strategic tools and compassionate care didn't go unnoticed. Truman Medical Center's University Health President and CEO Charlie Shields says, Nikki Denawa has a 
unique ability to connect Kansas Cityans in a way that benefits everyone. For about a decade, she has led a mighty team dedicated to meeting the people of this city where they are, making education, nutrition, and health care more accessible to them. This pandemic has highlighted that hard work as her team has been on the front lines offering tailored COVID pre- prevention education, testing, and vaccines to the community. Her leadership and ability to bring together the people of Kansas City has been invaluable. While the pandemic's urgency has allowed, while the pandemic's urgency has slowed, it's far from over. TMC will continue to be at the forefront of care. In the meantime, Nikki's team has gearing up to provide its holistic approach to preventive wellness, several of which were on hold during the crisis. When safe to do so, TMC will once again reach out to the community. One example is the Healthy Harvest Mobile Market, which includes educating the public about proper nutrition and distributing fresh fruits and vegetables to those who wouldn't normally have access. Two other key programs are Women's Health and the Healthy Start Initiative. The Healthy Start program helps mothers-to-be feel valued and respected. They form bonds while they attend while they attend prenatal classes to learn about caring for their babies and themselves, Nikki says. Nikki realizes she and her team couldn't do their important work without strong partners, including Black Healthcare Coalition, Guadalupe Centers, and Nurture KC. She also names three philanthropic organizations that have contributed greatly to our vital programs, including including Health Forward Foundation, the Hall Family Foundation, and the Marion and Henry Block Family Foundation. Then she adds with the grace and gratitude her colleagues know well, and too many more to name. One more, I believe, we go to fashion. And this name may not be very easy for me to pronounce, so bear with me. Peregrine Honig, there we go, is known for the evocative name she gives the annual runway show the second Saturday of each June, Summer of Spain. Gilded summer, ceremonial summer, crowds, typically 3,000 strong, sitting, standing, come away from the spectacle of fashion, music, and extravagant sets thinking, how can she possibly top herself next year? The 20th year of the West 18th Street Fashion Show, Summer in in Hindsight, was on schedule to do just that with a lavish 100-foot runway, and then the city shut down. Peregrine took a deep breath and said, we'll create a movie instead. She wrote a screenplay, screenplay depicting a musician, Calvin Arsenia, who has performed on stage the last few seasons, who wanders the city seeking a place to share his music. The show's title became prophetic. In hindsight, the feature-length film could only be made during a citywide quarantine. We filmed the scenes in these iconic spaces, Peregrine says, which could never have happened without an enormous production budget. Everyone we asked was completely on board and supportive. Other yeses came from director Kidam Jabir and Jeremy Osborne, who filmed the movie. 
Protocols were carefully followed to maintain the safety of the entire crew. Voices behind masks voices behind masks echoed in vast empty rooms of the Kansas City Museum, Nerman Mar- Nerman Mu- yeah, Nerman Museum of Contemporary Art, the Toy and Miniature Museum, and others as models gilded down staircases and posted against marble walls. When the director's cut debuted at the Boulevard Drive-In on October 16th, honking cars and cheering drowned out the sounds of Calvin's harp as models in fanciful outfits dipped and twirled in the Nelson Atkins Museum of Art's glorious Roselle Courtyard. Summer, in hindsight, has to date won eight international awards and has appeared or will appear in 17 international film festivals. Peregrine plans to show the film at the Nelson Atkins Tiffoli this winter. While the pandemic is ebbing, Peregrine still wanted to cater to safety for the 2021 fashion show. Rather than the usual seating surrounding the stage, Summer Tableau became a street festival while offering social distancing. She and her team collaborated with local architectural and construction firms to create seven individual tableaus to showcase each, ind- each designer's fashions. For instance, Huft fabricated a, a sexy, interactive peep show branding birdies, the lingerie shop co-owned by Peregrine. What's next for this brilliant bird? Peregrine's first solo art exhibition is taking place now through September 12th at the Albrecht Kemper Museum of Art in St. Joseph, Missouri. And of course, she's already dreaming up next year's West 18th Street Fashion Shop. For food and beverage, Ryan Mabey. He's credited with opening this town's first modern-day speakeasy, Manifesto, launching a successful Midwest event, Paris of the Plains Cocktail Competition, representing North America in the 2012 Global Cocktail Challenge, and co-owning the Riger Restaurant and J. Riger and Company. But what career highlight does Ryan maybe insist is included on his editorial tombstone? It's called the Smoke and Choke. He created the cocktail in 2008 using wood chips and the smoking gun device to add aromatic flavor and a wow effect to bourbon. Over 11 years at Manifesto, we must have served 100,000 of them, Ryan recalls. Now the showy process has been widely initiated throughout the cocktail world. The man himself is hard to imitate. He laughs at the title Renaissance Man, but it fits. Each notch in Ryan's career involves some aspect of Kansas City's storied past, starting with his days as a server and wine steward at Pierpont's in Union Station. From there, he became co-owner of a wine-forward restaurant in the Crossroads before opening Manifesto in 2009 underneath the Riger Restaurant. And now he's co-founder of J. Riger & Company, a distillery that opened after a 95-year hiatus. His home is in the historic Northeast neighborhood, and, and he recently had the car he's owned since he was 19, a 1967 Chevelle restored. It seems like everything about this six-foot-two inked bartender business owner favors age. Like the 15-year-old Spanish sherry Jay Riger adds to its whiskey, to create a new classic American whiskey, he and co-founder Andy Riger named Kansas City Whiskey. 
things have come full circle on, with the speakeasy-style bar as well. Manifesto is closed, but taking its place is the, is the Hey Hey Club, a sultry, intimate lounge downstairs at Jay Riger's Distillery in the Electric Park District. Back is the secret, secret knock vibe and handcrafted cocktails. But there are welcome differences, according to Ryan. We serve incredible food, he says, and there's room for live music. The distillery, along with its restaurants, bars, and event spaces, is fully reopened now. But during the pandemic, the J. Riger owners and production team quickly rallied to bottle hand sanitizer instead of booze. In the meantime, Ryan and his Riger restaurant co-owner, Howard Hanna, turned the dining room into the Crossroads Community Kitchen to provide free meals to anyone who needed them, including out-of-work people in the hospitality industry. If he could pull himself from his past, Ryan's future continues to look bright. Jay Riger and company has become successful far beyond his dreams. He may help bring back the Paris of the Plains event, either as a competition or a series of training seminars. What I loved about Paris of the Plains was bringing in some of the industry's best talent, he says. Not just to compete, but to train bartenders. And in doing so, we showcase Kansas City as a leader in the country. Ryan's also proud of the, local, of the local bartending talent he's mentioned over the years. Asked to name a few, a few, he, well, he chokes. Oh gosh, too many to mention. But Jean Tosado and Scott Tipton come to mind. There will undoubtedly be others to come. Nonprofits, Stedman Ware. When an in-person meeting with Stedman Ware couldn't happen, he was worried his enthusiasm for Kansas City Center for Inclusion wouldn't come, th wouldn't come through. He needn't have stressed. The KCCI board member, member's personality practically vibrated over the phone. It's no wonder he was tapped to become board chairman so shortly after the organization was founded in 2017. Stedman discovered KCCI after moving to Kansas City from Mississippi in 2016 to propel his career path with Northern, North Central Regional Offices of the Corporation for National and Community Service. I work with nonprofit organizations and foundations in the Kansas, Missouri, and Minnesota areas as a federal grants officer for AmeriCorps, the largest volunteer-based grantor in North America. Stated in stronger language, he helps alleviate poverty and build communities through financial assistance. Strength, strengthening communities is something that's driven my career in not-for-profit life, Stedman says. That's at the heart of what we do at KCCI, we create safe, inclusive spaces for Kansas City's LGBTQIA plus community. The center provides education, resources, and activities where all can bring their authentic selves and feel safe, welcome, and included, he says. As a gay black man growing up in the South, Stedman understands discrimination firsthand. I made a vow early on that I would exceed all expectations placed on me, he says. He serves as a role model for people dealing with self-doubt and oppression. I want to let people know we see you, we hear you, we celebrate you. KCCI's resident move, recent move rather, to 3740 Broadway, 
provides the space needed for support group meetings, computer labs, and a resource library. The, Babel, the building also hosts space for KC Care Health Center, which provides free and confidential rapid resource HIV testing, response rather, HIV testing. Ongoing programs include Queer Voices Book Group, a monthly book group in partnership with the Kansas City Public Library, and Inspired Scribes Creative Writing Group to give authors and writers a chance to develop skills and share their artistic work with others. We're doing so much to provide a light for the LGBTQ community, Stedman says, but there's so much more to do. We are volunteer-based with one employee. We'd like to create stronger partnerships with organizations like the Mid-America LGBT Chamber of Commerce to tap into job openings, for instance. By working together with other resources, we don't have to reinvent the wheel, he says. There's, a, there's strength in numbers, starting with one young man from Mississippi with big dreams matched by a big heart. A lot of folks making a big difference in the city we call Kansas City. With that, we'll be right back. Columbus did discover America in 1492. And in a similar sort of way, I made a discovery of my own recently, and that is the fact that I can use this little tool called Facebook Live, and I want to tell you about it. This is Terry Runyon from the New Directions Podcast, and I discovered that I can do announcements and talk about certain things, not only by voice only, but also live. So from time to time, and I'll be doing this on the Facebook on the podcast Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash RKC70. I'll pop up from time to time with some live announcements about certain things that'll be happening in the future of the podcast or about certain things that are happening in my own personal life from time to time. I'm not going to do this all the time, but I'll do this periodically. A new discovery of mine, you may try it yourself on some of your pages. Try your hand at Facebook Live. It makes me feel very proud to be a part of a city where there are actually people that are making a difference. I wish very much that they could be on a little earlier in the news than near the end of it. Because this bunch, especially with the 11 that were profiled for this show, are showing us that very definitely the dream is out there. Charlie Daniels' thought, which is going to make up our final thoughts for this show, says the following, if you stop just because somebody tells you that you can't do it, you'll never get started. The one person who has to believe in you is you. And let's all make the day count. May we all do just that. And with that, that's going to wind things up. 
for this edition of the New Directions Podcast. Thank you for being with me as always. We will see you next time. And until then, the guys haven't gotten us out of here in quite a while. I'm going to give them the opportunity here in another 16 seconds or so to do just that. When I first moved over to the podcast, this song was basically the theme song. So, Dirks and Brothers Osborne, would you be so kind as to get us out of here, please? Just a-